Uh, hey, this is Dave from Pillaging Villagers. I listen to the Mosh Pit with Wes. Rock on and uh, fuck yeah. Welcome to the Mosh Pit, your home for unsigned punk, rock, and metal artists, where your music goes to be heard. Planet Cancer. Welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host, Wes Everett. I got David Fraser here with me, and I'm going to let him tell a little bit about who he is and what he does. Hey, thanks so much, Wes. Um, really appreciate being on. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm here to talk about my project, uh, Pillaging Villagers, our debut album, self-titled, self-titled album comes out Friday, March 11th. Um, so we're just excited for that, talking about, uh, you know, where that comes from, what, you know, what the project was about and uh, hopefully, hopefully getting some folks to be interested and check it out. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, right off the bat, you know, I love the name. I love the name. Where did you guys come up with it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. The project really comes from, you know, it's probably a project about 20 years in the making, honestly, one of the first songs I ever wrote back in 2002 with my, Brown series, BC Rich Warlock, uh, was uh, a song that I adapted for this album. Um, so it's it's a project that really goes back to kind of my, you know, my interests in medieval history, in 
um, you know, Celtic folk music in, you know, thrash metal. It's, it kind of goes back to a lot of different aspects of my history and it's been a long time in the making. Um, the, the name itself is, is tied to the concept of the album. So the album is a story uh, that reimagines uh, peasant rebellion from the middle ages. And, um, you know, as, as a, you know, as a creator of content, it's interesting. What I like to try to play with a lot is, you know, immersion or sort of thematic immersion. So the name of the project is Pillaging Villagers. The name of the album is Pillaging Villagers. It's an album about Pillaging Villagers. Uh, so it's it's really, it's try, I'm trying to make that concept kind of all-encompassing, so to speak, so people kind of have somebody to connect to when they listen to the record. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now, is this going to be a concept album? Is it like one tone or is it just a lot of good rock and roll? <laughs> no, it actually is. It's a full concept album. I, mean, I, I know I'm probably alone in this. Uh, a lot of people don't do this, but I, I usually read lyrics along with records when I check them out for the first time. I just feel like that really helps draw me in a bit more. And that's that's really how I hope people enjoy this album if they, if they can. Um, the first two tracks of the album are, are act one in the narrative. Uh, three through six are act two and, and, and seven through 12 are act uh, three. I use different uh, vocal styles to emphasize different characters within the narrative. I use, um, you know, key changes and speed and all sorts of aspects within the music to drive the narrative or to emphasize different points. So it's, it's really intended to be almost like a, an operatic um, composition where folks should enjoy it from beginning to end um, as a narrative. Uh, that's my hope. Um, but you know, to to give user example, it's just a bunch of kick-ass rock and roll. Uh, if people don't enjoy it as a as a concept, then that's cool too. But uh, definitely designed to be experienced on more than just that musical level. Dude, that's pretty awesome, man. I, I'll be honest with you, I love concept albums. I always have, and I think honestly, one of my favorite, like all time, has got to be Rise Against Endgame. Oh like, yeah, yeah, like for sure. Start to finish, man. That's one of those that I can run just in the ground. Just yeah, I just I feel like concept albums are just like I kind of mentioned earlier. I like having sort of an immersive experience. Like when I sit down with a record, I like to I like to look at the, the album art itself and say, okay, what is this album art saying about? It? I read the lyrics along with it. I like to understand background and what what things are going on. Just having having that, that kind of experience where it's more than just music. It's it's how you feel about more than just you know what you're hearing but what you're feeling you know, overall i don't know if that makes sense but i just feel like they add so much to the uh to the experience of listening to an album oh yeah absolutely absolutely man you I, I am stoked for the album to drop it comes out on the 11th <laughs> yeah comes out on friday i'm glad you're excited sweet man and uh this episode is actually going to air the day before it drops so you know oh, yeah so everybody needs to get out there get ready and get this bad boy yeah i would i would love that it's 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 just so exciting like i, I this is a completely self-released album i wrote it just like you know in 2020 just kind of being like hey i've got all this time from not working as much due to covid you know let's try to realize this this dream of this project that i've had for you know, since i was a kid basically and you know as i kind of did more of it every step that i took was like well i guess i'll just take the next step like I wrote the album, might as well recruit people to perform it. And I recorded it, might as well get it, you know, get people to listen to it. And just, just every step I've taken has been kind of unexpected. It's great to be here talking with you and, you know, thinking about the idea that, you know, people that I've never met in countries all over the place could be listening to this album while, you know, 
opening a beer somewhere. It's just, uh, it's crazy to think of. Uh, it's really a dream come true. Man, that's awesome, dude. That is, that's killer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, I'm so glad you're here with us uh, chatting about this new album. Let me pick your brain a little bit. What, um, going into the studio to record this, did you have any, did you have any um, techniques, any special things that you did to prepare for it? Yeah, it was probably a pretty unique like way to make it out. I mean, I, I don't know how other folks do it, but as from my standpoint, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I kind of consider myself an adequate musician. Like I don't, I don't play guitar, I don't play drums, but I, I, uh, I'm able to. I was able to use a program called Guitar Pro uh, to just. I wrote the whole album in Guitar Pro, and then I recruited folks to record it. So basically, what I did was just sent them like a MIDI version of the album like in in midi so they can hear how it sounds and then it comes with sheet music and everything so basically i just did the whole process remotely uh until it was time to record vocals and and that was a that was definitely a challenge for me i i had performed in some bands back when i was in college like i think i last performed in like 2011 or something this has been over a decade since i'd done harsh vocals um so i actually spent eight months before recording the album just getting my chops back. I worked with a vocal coach um, to, to get the, you know, get those techniques back and enable me to do it safely and, and uh, effectively. I, I learned a lot of new tech, a lot of new techniques for, um, for harsh vocals themselves. I was really self-taught back in the day, but, you know, this gave me a lot more ability to kind of control what I was doing. And, and that's what I, goes back to what I mentioned before. I really wanted to use different vocal styles for different characters within the narrative. Um, so the main narrative voice is kind of a, um, is one style and then I use a, sort of a black metal style for a character called the Bishop. I use more of a, like a grimy, like Demolich style, like death metal vocals for the emperor character. And then I use a totally different style for, uh, for another character. So like, I wanted to really, I really geeked out on the, the sort of what goes into making me sound when we listen to all these different styles of music, like what is actually happening biologically within the body. Uh, I really geeked out on that and, and wanted to kind of use that to accentuate the album's narrative aspect. So there was a lot of preparation that went into putting this album together, both from, you know, my composition style to finding folks to record it, um, you know, working with them on that and then, and then doing the recording myself. So yeah, I'll, a lot went into it for sure from a preparation standpoint. Occult Fracture Send in the temptress.
that's really cool. Uh, where do you get your influences? I know we talked about the uh, the history and all that, but are there any other bands that you look at, listen to that really shape the way that you put this album together? Yeah, um, I've you know I've been actually thinking about this a lot. I've uh, been just trying to put these thoughts on social media. I actually, have done like a uh, a weekly series where I just talk about different albums that inspired me on Instagram. So like. I'm just just got to get me thinking about like what actually drove this. And like, I, I, it's just funny how diverse, you know, some of the influences, like you wouldn't think that some of the influences would be there. Like I'd say it goes everywhere from like, like street punk, like stuff like onward to mayhem and the virus where it's like really anthemic anti-authoritarian choruses um, to like, you know, sort of like Viking and folk metal stuff like Amon Amarth or Inciferum or Forefather so those would kind of be like the main two like musical influences. But then beyond that, we've got like sort of like thematic influences. So I would cite someone like Devin Townsend for like his work with like Ziltoid, The Omniscient. So like really operatic concept albums, uh, as well as King Diamond, obviously, for that storytelling aspect. But then you bring in, you know, stuff that isn't even metal. Like when I wrote the album, I was watching a lot of a show on Netflix called Sunderland Till I Die. It's a documentary series about uh, football fans for this like kind of rundown uh, like club in uh, in North England. And uh, like on that show, they just have these like awesome like so- soccer chants and like football songs. Like I, I know you've probably like seen like like the songs they sing in the stadiums. It's just tens of thousands of people singing this this uh, this really anthemic kind of like, you know, rowdy, boisterous song. And that, that just really inspired me with the, the courses that I wrote for Pillaging Villagers. Um, beyond that, just like, I mean, not even just, not just the history we talked about, I and mean, that, that's really the huge influence driving, um, you know, the, the narrative overall, but all sorts of things. Just like a lot of this album is just like full of little Easter eggs that I just kind of inserted in there myself for my own enjoyment. Um, you got references to Magic the Gathering. Uh, you know, I grew up being a huge, like, you know, fantasy nerd uh and stuff like that you've got references to monty python you got references to uh slow fag you know a lot of the lyrics are you know sort of evocative of their uh stuff from their work on atavism um so there's just there's so many musical influences that go into this and that's why i've had such a kind of hard time classifying it i've used the term peasant metal i know that's not going to mean a lot to anyone but it's like too melodic to be pure crossover thrash and it's kind of too aggressive and raw to be to fit in the folk metal category, which has kind of become a lot more orchestral and sort of polished. Um, so it kind of sits right in the middle there. So I've kind of used that like thrash slash folk uh, moniker uh, to kind of describe it. But yeah, influences are are all over the place for this project for sure. It sounds amazing. It does. Um, you know, talking about the bands like that um i gotta ask are you a meatloaf fan hell yes oh man <laughs> rest in peace for sure i was a huge meatloaf fan same man same that one that <laughs> one hit me hard dude i'm not gonna lie um i've been yeah, a meatloaf I fan mean, probably as long as i could walk you know <laughs> yeah i mean just to you know going back to his old album covers i mean that that type of you know even the fantasy work i think did Frank Frazetta do Bad Out of Hell? I can't remember. Like some like really prominent fantasy artist, like who used to do stuff for like Heavy Metal Magazine, which I was like really obsessed with and actually still am and are like hugely influential in like my sort of like sword and sorcery like feel. Like everything from that to like, 
you know, even like the video for like, I'd do anything for love. Like that is a powerful narrative. Like that it's not just metal music. It's not just heavy music. Like pop music can have strong narrative aspects to it that draw you in. That's, that's what I'm trying to go for. Like it's, it's not just a, a song about what you know, a lot of death metal bands or black metal bands is just like, okay, what's the song about? It's about blasphemy or like, this is what's the song about? It's about decapitation. Like I'm trying to write something that's like, more human that like connects to people and tells a story and helps them, you know, deal with something in their life or think about their life in a different way. Um, so yeah, man, huge meatloaf fan. Definitely. Definitely. And you're right. Yeah. He did do the uh, cover for bad out of hell. Yeah. It was presented, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his artwork is amazing. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's what I like. Frank presented is what I, I, I sort of think about a lot when I'm like, what I think about these this type of music like this anthemic you know medieval inspired aggressive music it just I that's kind of like him and like you know I mean there's so many other fantasy artists for for heavy metal and stuff like that that that's sort of like sword and sorcery concept it's just really it's been a part of my life for so long yeah oh yeah absolutely man um so are there any uh I guess this brings it to a really good spot here who would you yeah. love to collaborate with anybody Oof. as far as, you know, dead or alive? Let's do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> dead or alive. Let's see here. <laughs> oh man. I'm just, it's so funny. Cause I've got such, uh, I'm, I'm so not a musician. Like it's embarrassing to like think about the skill that went into producing. I mean, the, the folks I work with Jason hurt, uh, who's a drummer for, for ghost bath or a bunch of other bands. He did the drums for this. Brian Koenig, who plays guitar for an awesome band called Lords of the Trident, like their musicianship is just so far beyond me. Um, and it was it was just amazing to see. So I love working with with folks that really know their their stuff. Um, you know, that said, I mean, I'd love to collaborate. We're talking dream here. I mean, I'd love to collaborate with Devin Townsend. He's, you know, really a musical hero for me. I started listening to him when I was in college when he was doing Strapping Young Lad. And that was kind of like this really like, insanely aggressive industrial music and now he does stuff that's like ambient you know like folk music like it's it's complete he's got this sort of voracious songwriting appetite where he can anything he can sort of imagine he can create like i want to get there at some point like the the stuff that i'm doing right now like the pillaging villages uh, i mean i think anyone would agree it's a pretty simple formula like it's 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 effective but you know it's not anything that's that's massively groundbreaking like you know some folks are doing out there but i want to get there like someday i'd love to like see what it takes to to work with or to be one of these people that can kind of imagine something and just create it um you know without really worrying about being bound by any genre or any expectations um so yeah folks like that let's see if i can think of anyone else that i really really admire i'd love to work with i mean i just there's so many bands that i love um I, one of my favorite bands, I'm, I mean, if we're talking dream here, um, I'll just use this opportunity to uh, talk about one of my favorite bands, Atlantean Codex. Uh, they're a German doom metal band uh, that their entire discography uh, is just their The concept is human history. <laughs> so they just, uh, in 2019 was their last album. It's just, uh, the, the, the album's called Course of Empire. And it's just this thunderous, absolutely epic, just the the drums sound like like the, the 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 hooves of horses trampling over an open step it's just the 
the mastery of that of their craft is just so extreme and just the subject matter just speaks to me like i listen to that album and i have almost like a like a spiritual experience so i'd love to collaborate with with anyone from that band or to to do something along the lines of that um yeah i mean <laughs> I, I i don't even know what the future holds for for me i mean i'm just a guy uh you know <laughs> just just putting out a a project for for the love of doing it and for you know hoping some people enjoy it but who knows what the future holds i mean i i have a lot of musical ideas i'd love to explore more um you know i mean this project was really eye-opening in terms of how easy it is to work with great musicians i mean the the ability to work with the folks that i mentioned or to record with with adam tucker at signature tone studios in minnesota i mean this is a guy who did the last sunless record uh, obsolete album from last year it was amazing like this is these are real guys i mean these are people that are you know professionals um and it wasn't that hard i mean i'm just a guy i didn't have any real like invested like budget for this project i just like hey what would it take to get it done like and it's not unrealistic so i think there's a future for you know working with your idols you know following your dreams and and trying to you know, do what you thought might have been impossible when you were a kid. Like, <laughs> like you never thought you'd work with these type of people or do this type of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, who knows what the future holds? There's there's a lot out there that I don't I don't uh, I can't foresee. Yeah, man, and technology, internet, this stuff is really you know, it's amazing what it's done. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, like when I was looking for a drummer before I found Jason. I just came across this site. I want to say it's like metal for hire, like something like that. I don't know what the exact name of the website is, but fucking, you can just message the drummer from Nile or Bjorn from soil work, soil work, or like, you can like write these people and say, Hey, I've got a project. Here's how much I'm willing to pay. Will you take that rate to record this many songs? Like fuckers, like the drummer for fear factory got back to me. Like, he's like, I won't take your rate. If you push it up by like another, whatever, then I'll do it. But like, I was talking like there was people like the drummer for fucking there's like there's like three three folks from like legit like famous bands like you know a geek like me like a like a metal fan like me was like what I can actually hear back from these people (laughs) like it's not unrealistic for you to be able to work with like your heroes um and that's that's really what I did here and you know maybe we'll see what happens in the future temperamental come with me What's the point of crying like you 
Well, you know, everybody listens to the mosh pit. So, I mean, that right there is going to open so many doors. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's my my expectations for for this have already been met. Honestly, like I I work I when I was first sending out when I first like finished the record, I'm like, well, what do I do with it now? Like, I could you know basically share it with my friends, which is you know they were already involved. I feel like before I even started recording, I was sending them like pre recordings or like whatever. Um, so like, okay, well maybe I'll just try to get reviewed by like angry metal guy. Like I read angry metal guy every day. Um, it's like, it's been a part of my life for like three or four years. So like, yeah, maybe, maybe I can just get them a review. And sometimes I review independent bands. I started like sending out to them in like a few other places. And like, I wasn't hearing back, but I was like, okay, well, whatever. Maybe it's not meant to be like, who cares? And then like in the course of doing so folks that I was communicating with, like, Hey, you should look at hiring a company to like help you. And I hooked up with uh, Clawhammer PR. Uh, Scott has just been incredible. Like I, my expectations are blown away. Like I'm getting, I'm talking to folks like you. I got played on an English radio show right after Judas Priest Painkiller. It was Judas Priest Painkiller and then Posing Villagers, like wow. back to fucking back on the radio. Like you, to, if you went back in time and told 14 year old me that that was going to happen, I'd be like, well, my, I don't need to try to accomplish anything more in life because that my dreams are already met so like i, I i'm getting reviewed by folks like i just got a review today from a, a publication in mexico i'm talking to you like this is incredible like i feel like i'm <laughs> a fucking rock star or something even though i'm not like i never i never believed that about myself but like i guess this is to say that my dreams have already like my expectations have already been met any person that listens to this and goes hey that sounds fun peasant metal let's check it out like that's that's all i'm looking for so it's 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 all good baby sweet sweet dude that's gonna be awesome man i i got i am so happy for you man like just achieving <laughs> just just those things man i mean it's just it's right there you know yeah yeah i'm just a just a guy from wisconsin in his fucking basement right <laughs> writing stuff dude my i didn't touch my guitar for 10 years it, it was sitting in its in its coffin case for <laughs> camo coffin case in my basement for 10 years and I, I i just picked it up one day and i was like hey let's just try to do this like you've always wanted to merge celtic music and you know aggressive thrash you know let's see what would happen you know let's <laughs> let's give it a shot and here i am you know it's crazy yeah yeah absolutely um you know it, Getting back to that, have there been any real challenges that you've had to overcome to get this album out? Yeah, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> it was, I mean, I'd say the biggest learning curve was like, I knew that I wasn't going to have the skit. Like, I'm not plugged into the, like, like I haven't been in a band for like 10 years or something like that. So like, I didn't have anyone who would be able to help me make it. And even when I was in those bands, I was like songwriter slash vocalist. So like, I knew that it was going to be, if I was ever going to get beyond just like a thing that I made on Guitar Pro, that I was going to have to bring people in and like, you know, even just like getting kind of like the gumption to like go back. Cause I used to play with Brian who did guitars uh, for the album back in the day uh, when he played for a different band called Luna Morris. We used to play with them around like Madison and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And just like, I hadn't talked to him forever. He's a Facebook friend. I was like, Hey, the one guy I know who plays guitar and is awesome. Like, I wonder if he'd play on this. And I was like, not even thinking that he would respond. And just, you know, maybe hoping he'd be like, hey, you know, thanks for thinking of me, man. Can't you go right now? Here's maybe some other people. That's kind of what I was expecting. Like having like the gumption to go back and be like, hey, 
you want to do this? Uh, <laughs> like that was, that was really challenging. And like, I originally contacted another guy that I used to play with um, to do drums. And he kind of was in the same boat as me where he was like, you know, he hadn't really played like, like the really fast metal for a while. And he's like, yeah, man, I'd love to be involved. Uh, send me the tracks. Let me see how I do. And after a while he contacted me, he's like, man, you know, I don't have the chops. Like he just, he was really honest with me. He was a really great guy about it. He just said like, you know, the, the music is like not really what I play anymore. So like, it's not really like in my, my wheelhouse. So I was like, at that point it was like recording was coming up in like three or four months or something. Like that. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be able to find someone. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just call it a day. Like I, I at any point I was like, okay, well that's it. Like they're, they're it's not meant to go any farther. Um, but then I just reached out to, um, my engineer Adam and he's like hey I got this guy he's fucking awesome and, and dude it was it was just like stuff kept coming together so like but there's a ton of challenges like that not to mention getting my chops back for vocals I mean that was a pretty brutal eight months like I did a ton of lessons with an amazing vocal coach called Mary Zimmer um she's on YouTube as Metal Mary I think is her thing yeah. and I think her channel is called Voice Hacks I used to play with her back when she was in Luna Morris she was in the same band as Brian uh, back in like 2010, 2012. And I just reached out to her. I said, Hey, uh, you've been doing harsh vocals for a band called Helium Prime and a couple other bands, Funeral Haze. I think she does vocals for like, you've been doing vocals for a long time. Like, can you kind of instruct me? I watch a lot of her videos on YouTube. Cause like back in the day, I was, I've never been trained in music in any regard. Like I played saxophone when I was in high school, but like, I've never been trained in any guitar or vocals or anything. So I was like, man, if I'm going to make this good, like I've already I've brought in Brian Koenig and Jason Hurt and Adam Tucker. Like, I don't want to be the one that fucks this up. Like people are going to, I don't want people to be saying, Hey, Killing Village is pretty good, but that vocal is really blew it. So I like, I worked my ass off with Mary and, and on my own time to like, to get my chops back, like learning a new vocal style, like learning what I was doing before that I was doing wrong. Like I originally thought, you know, I was doing like my original vocal style was very like uh, almost like Randall Blythe from uh, Lamb of God makes it was it was very like guttural, like a more guttural Randall Randall Blythe from Lamb of God. So like yeah. that's kind of what I was doing at that time, but that style wasn't like what I wanted to do for this project. So I had to kind of learn a new technique, which what I was using before was a really more of a like a false chord scream as opposed to what I use now, which is more of a vocal fry, which allows you to get a lot more range. So like compared to some of the stuff I was doing back in like 2010, I just have a ton more range, um, you know, within this. So like the, the character, the Bishop, like I do like a black metal vocals, vocal style for that character. And our, my engineer all the, all these like crazy, like echoes, it, it fucking sounds great. And I never would have been able to do it eight months ago without all this work. So I mean, there's definitely a ton of challenges. I like, it was the dead of summer, you know, I recorded in September, 2021. I'm, 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 up, I'm in my office upstairs, same place I am right now. I've got the album recorded in MIDI, right? It's like basically like shitty sounding like guitars or whatever, like, like the, the lamest mix. I've got it through my computer speakers and I'm just, I'm, it's dead of summer. I've got no shirt. I'm just, I'm just running around my office like Henry Rollins with with just little you know these little bicycle shorts on just and just just screaming my heart out for for hours at a time my my wife's downstairs like what what the fuck's going on <laughs> what what i got myself into here um yeah it was 
that was probably the most challenging part, but just like all the little things like finding musicians and meeting timetables of when you're going to record and like knowing who to contact for certain things. It's just all the stuff I had to figure out from like no experience. So definitely challenging. Saved by Scarlet, the syndrome. the craft you're doing it releasing it you just you're just doing it man it's awesome yeah yeah it's it really it's, it's amazing i can't believe it came to this i know right um do you have any advice for any bands that are trying to make a name for themselves well um i'll have to see if i make a name for myself in pillaging villagers and then we'll we'll go from there but i mean certainly 
the biggest piece of advice I would have would be if you want to get your, your music promoted, find a promotion company. Um, Clawhammer PR was fucking awesome. They, they promote a lot of high profile bands. Like they promote it. They're the promoter for half, which is like the darling of the death metal community right now. Like that album will be on a lot of people's top 10 lists for the year. And this, like, I didn't see any dip in terms of the, the support I got. Like, it wasn't like half gets all this attention. And I get none. Like, it's like, I felt like we were working with the same promoter. It was, and we were, but that's because we were like, it was, I expected like from my past experiences with the music industry, like there's a time where I was trying to get signed with my, my college band and, and doing a lot of touring stuff like that, you know, working with promoters has not always been great. Um, there are a lot of shysters out there, but folks like Scott are really stand up amazing guys that do great work. So I, I mean, I would definitely reach out to folks like that Clawhammer. I know there's a lot of other companies out there that do the same stuff. And I contacted some of them, uh, C squared music, uh, with, uh, Curtis, uh, get his name, Curtis. Yep. Um, he's great. I hear, uh, I also got recommended John Asher does Asher media. I've heard a lot of great things about them. I see their stuff promoted all the time. It's they're the real deal. So if there's anyone out there who's got, I mean, you got to have a good product. You got to believe in your music and you gotta, it's gotta be something that's, that's good. I mean, you gotta, you can't just record in your basement, uh, you know, spend, spend some money, uh, to get a good engineer. Um, you know, you know, that's the, I would say it has to be, it has to be well recorded. It has to be good. And then you got to get someone to promote it. Like, don't, I think the mistake I tried to make with promotion, like I, I hired people and, and worked with, you know, got other people to, to chip in, in areas of the music where I did, I knew I wasn't capable, but I think once it, once the record got done, I was like, Oh, well, I can handle this promotion. What is it? Just fucking Googling, you know, email addresses to send these places. Yeah, anyone could do that. And then after like a month of doing it, I'm like, I'm way out of my depth. Why would I hire people to professionals to help me with the music, every other aspect of the album? But then when it comes to actually getting people to listen to it, I'm gonna like just cheap out or like try to do it myself. Like, no, you don't have the skills. So I mean that if you want to get your stuff out there, that could be the, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would give. That's good advice, man. I mean, yeah, definitely know your weaknesses and play off your strong points. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate you sitting in with me. Um, we're going to plug this this album release for you. And awesome. if you want to plug your socials, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find that new album. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All, uh, by the way, it's been a super huge pleasure being out here with you. Thank you so much for, for taking some time. You can find us on Facebook uh, under Pillaging Villagers, on Instagram under Pillaging Villagers. Twitter is pillaging underscore B-G-E-R-S. They don't have enough letters, so pillaging underscore B-Gers. Uh, you can also find us on Bandcamp. The album's going to be released on Bandcamp on Friday. There will also be a pre-release on ghostcoat.com. Uh, they're going to do the whole album streaming on Monday. Um, so if you want to check us out on Monday, you can check out Ghost Cult. And then after Friday, it'll be streaming across platforms. So it'll be on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all those other fucking places people listen to music. But uh, yeah, hit me up if you're uh, if you're on social media. Like I will talk to you. And if you have anything <laughs> you want to talk about with the album, like I'm I'm just a guy. Like I run all our social. I do all the posts myself. So uh, hit me up. Pillaging villagers, wretched of the earth.
bumper. This is David Frazier with Village Inc. That's why I never said it. That's why I never said it because I knew I was going to mess <laughs> that name up. I knew it. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hey, this is Dave Frazier with Pillaging Villagers, and you're listening to the Moss Pit. Oh, okay. Well, I'm trying again. <laughs>